This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit the SeanStevensonModel.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson. Here with my beautiful co-host and producer, Jade Harrell. What's up, Jade? What's up, Sean? How you doing today? I am love oceanal. Feeling love oceanal today? Wow. <laughs> what is that? That is emotionally filled with love. Mm. Beautiful. It's like you poured but, it all into one container. Yeah, a bottle. Vessel. You can rub it on. Topical. Yes, a topical cream. Topical application. It's a cream. Get in deep. I love it. <laughs> I love that. Well, we've got an amazing show lined up for everybody today. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that I'm really passionate about, which is longevity. But I really don't feel it's appropriate for me to talk about this personally because, you know, I'm not, you know, fresh out of college right now. But You're at the same time, still a young buck. I'm still a youngster, you know. <laughs> so this is where I've taken the time to really learn from people who have been here a few more decades than I have. And also, uh, we had a great show about a year ago now mm-hmm. with Peter Ragnar. Oh, he was awesome. How amazing was that show? He was the funnest. And if you haven't heard that show, we'll put in the show notes. Right. It's powerful. It is. But we've got a great guest in studio today mm-hmm. to talk about some of these things to help to add to your longevity so that you're feeling good and feeling fit and happy and healthy for many, many years to come. Because it's really based on a belief system that as we get older, we're supposed to lose function. We're mm. supposed to be incapable of of having the vitality and the happiness that we once did. And this is just not true. Right. It's and not so. Right. So, so not true. We've got an amazing show lined up for you guys. But first, I want to give a huge shout out to our show sponsor, Onnit.com. Hey. Head over to onnit.com forward slash model for 10% off all of your health and human performance supplements. We're huge fans of the Hemp Force Protein. Why? Number one, it's the most bioavailable protein for the human body. Rich source of edestin, which is uniquely found in hemp. And also albumin. And albumin, that might sound familiar to some people. This is why bodybuilders and people really interested in health, they're always going for egg whites. This is one of the protein structures found in egg whites. It's very bioavailable, very digestible, soft globular protein, but it's kind of weird, you know, eating egg whites. It's not like a, it's just weird. Hemp actually has albumin and also has edestin found in it. Very digestible. And here's the catch. This is why we love hemp for so much is that it actually tastes good. Mm -hmm. By the way, I just got this tweet in today when I was driving in here, just to let you guys know, So this is a tweet from Sarah Elizabeth, and she tweeted to me, plain hemp protein is kind of gross, brownie face. In fairness, at Sean Model warned us all, guess I'll invest in the on it kind. (laughs) So she resisted. She went and she took the plunge. She's like, I'll just try this other random hemp protein, which will probably taste like a smoothie with the main ingredient being dirt Mm. or some clay popcorn. It's not delicious, (laughs) but the, the on it... The Hemp Force Protein is absolutely delicious. It tastes amazing. It tastes great by itself, which is a huge testament. And it's the best protein you're going to find. So do yourself a favor. Get your hands on some Hemp Force Protein. So something else that I'm a big fan of with the Onnit products is this MCT oil. And this is something that I actually brought along with me. I have this on a daily basis. And this is 100% pure premium MCT oil derived from 100% pure coconut oil. And why I'm such a big fan of this is this is a concentrate of the lauric acid. The lauric acid is the fraction of the coconut oil that's very powerful antifungal, but more so it's really powerful for energy generation. So we're talking about something that helps and and stimulates and vibes with your ATP, your mitochondria and your cells and just the generation of energy. Now, if we're seeking energy in other substances, it's usually like, you know, some random energy drink. They still have crunk juice. (laughs) Yeah, crunk juice or whatever, monster energy drinks. 
These things are pseudo energy because what they're doing, these are nervous system stimulants. So this is going to spike you out and this can potentially also wear out your adrenal function. So it's just not safe. It's not smart. Natural energy is going to come from substances that really help to work with your mitochondria, which are really the energy power plants in your cells. And this is why I love MCT oil. And again, I blended this into some yerba mate tea today with a little bit of coconut oil, a couple of drops of some English toffee stevia. And usually I throw some medicinal mushrooms in there, but mm. and it tastes amazing. Mm-hmm. And again, it makes the healing process and the energy building process fun. So, so many great things over at onnit.com. Head over and check them out. O-N-N-I-T forward slash model for 10% off. Now let's get into the iTunes review of the week. All right. This one comes from T-Man 1087. Expanding my knowledge and my smile with five stars. I have been on a wellness journey for nine years and thought I had learned so much. Sean is able to take that knowledge to the next level and with Jade's help, deliver it in a way that makes me smile. Don't just listen to it yourself. Share it with those you care about. Love it. <laughs> Love that. Thank you so much. Everybody, mm-hmm. thank you so much for leaving those reviews over on iTunes. It means the world to us. That truly does mean a lot. That's made my day. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So now let's go ahead and get into our special guest and our topic of the day. Today we have in studio an amazing person, Ray Mormon. And just to give you a little bit of background on this amazing individual, at 55, at 55 years old, our guest decided that she was going to run a marathon in all 50 states. She had already had some under her belt that she had done, but then she thought, "Mm, what the heck, I'm going to go ahead and run a marathon in every state. And this is quite a huge venture, you know, for somebody who is, you know, considered getting on in their age. And that was just the start because right now she just celebrated her 67th birthday. And not only is she a fitness instructor who's helping to improve the lives of so many people to help them to get in shape, but she's about to complete her 100th marathon. Wow. Right. So we're talking about longevity and I've been seeing this woman doing her thing, working her magic for many years. And she's just such an inspiration. And I have her here to share a little bit of her story and how we can all add to our own longevity and our own happiness. So welcome to the Model Health Show, Ray Mormon. How are you doing today, Ray? Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So glad to have you here. Uh, This is a long time coming for me, and I've got some great questions that I want to ask you. So I'm really interested, what really inspired you to get into the whole health and fitness world in the first place? Well, as a child, I always did enjoy the presidential physical fitness test. (laughs) I'm sure you probably remember that. I remember. And it was really important to me to excel in that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to throw in here that I am still the 50-yard dash record holder (laughs) at my elementary school. (laughs) I love that. I love it. Anyway, I did always enjoy sports and fitness. And then, you know... College life kind of gets in the way, and we tend to think we're too busy, and Mm. I fell away from that a little bit. And then I was quite busy in full-time teaching, single parenting, and I was also in graduate school. Then I saw a movie one night about Kathy Switzer, the first woman in the Boston Marathon, Mm -hmm. and This was kind of a low time for me. I always thought that I would get married again, have more children. And back then, the biological cutoff age was 30. And here I was approaching 30, not even dating anybody. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I'm going to really be able to achieve this goal. 
so here I am watching this movie by chance, and the woman's children rode their bikes as she trained for the Boston Marathon, Mm. and something just kind of clicked with me, and I thought, that's what I'll do. I'll start running. Now, I know that's a big stretch from getting married again and having children to becoming a runner, but it was something that I felt I could do. So that became my new goal. Mm. And I think anybody of any age should have goals. I don't know how people get up and get going in the morning who don't have goals. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up, Ray, because the reality is most people are getting up in the morning because they have to. Something else is forcing them to, be it fear of, you know, losing a job or out of fear of, you know, their kid not getting to school on time. But they don't have anything really compelling to really, instead of them pushing themselves to get up, something, a vision that's pulling them, you know, which makes life so much more robust and happy. Now, your story is so good and there's so many little pieces in there, but I've got to give you props also for still having that record. Uh, I've still got the long jump record in my middle school. So we're kindred spheres there. But what I want to ask you about is a lot of people know about this. I didn't know about it when you were telling me about it before. You told me about the Title IX, right? And so when you were in school, you really couldn't participate in any kind of organized sport. So tell us about that. Exactly. This shows you how old I am. Back in the day when I was in high school, we did have intramural sports for girls, but that was it. You know, so you played a few weeks in a season of a particular sport, and we got really excited if we got to play another school, and that was solely because my gym teacher might be friends with your gym teacher, and they would put something together where, you know, one of them could get a bus to bring students to the other school, and that would be our big thrill for the season, but... Mm. In 1972, a law went into effect, which was part of an educational amendment, which bans sexual discrimination in educational institutions. It promotes gender equity within the United States educational system and guarantees that girls and women have the same opportunities as boys and men. That's Title IX. So when I speak, to teams now, I always ask, you know, whether it's male or female teams, do you know what Title IX is? Mm. And most times they don't. And I think it's something really important because this was 1972. That's not that long ago. Yeah, that's not at all. That's just a few decades ago. And to see that kind of transformation and also you'd have to be blind to see all of the amazing women that are participating in every kind of sport that you can think of. But this just wasn't possible even a few decades ago. You know, so that really puts things in perspective for me. And I've got so much appreciation and respect for you, even just kind of literally like running through that, you know, up until the point that you are. And, you know, I think that also that speaks to us understanding the opportunity that we have, you know. So I'm curious at this point, what kind of rituals or Ray, I want to know, how did you make it to this point where you're 67 years old and you're literally just running laps around people? So what kind of daily rituals do you have personally that have helped to sustain your longevity? Well, just a few moments ago, Jade and I were talking and she said something about me being an extraordinary woman. And I don't 
think of myself as extraordinary at all. I'm just an average person with self-discipline and perseverance. I see. So you're going to tone it down a little bit and not talk about how awesome you are. But she's right. Number one, you are an exceptional human being, exceptional woman because of that. Because a lot of us don't have that discipline. You know, it's something I personally feel that it's something, it's a practice. You know, it's something you develop. And I'm a big student of lexicon. You know, the word discipline, for me, that really translates to meaning a disciple. And it's a disciple of whatever your practice is or more so being a disciple of yourself. You know, so finding those things that really resonate with you and your spirit and making it a part of who you are on a daily basis. So with that said, so what are some of your disciplines? So what are you doing? How about take us through your morning ritual? So what are you doing when you get up in the morning? Get up and stretch. Okay, so you're getting up and you're stretching. Have a little bite to eat and then head out for a run. Now today, it's awfully cold out there, so... I decided that I would run inside at the gym, which I dislike, but I do kind of feel that, you know, we've heard the saying, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Really, everything kind of works together right. for good. And so I went for my run inside. That way I'm not going to slip and fall on the ice. So, you know, maybe I've become more cautious. Maybe I've become more sensible as I've aged. But by running inside today, I was able to do a little speed work mm-hmm. because I was running on a track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's awesome. So what I'm hearing you say, number one, is first of all, it's all good. No matter what the conditions, there's a way. You know, so you, I see you being flexible in your approach to things. Just because you can't get out and necessarily run because it is like negative outside in the temperature and it's snow on the ground. You're going to find a way. And this is just who you are. So you weren't just going to throw in the towel and call a day off. Oh, no. You know, I think either life prepares one for marathoning or Mm -hmm. marathoning prepares one for life. And maybe they kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But I kind of enjoy pushing myself to the wall and see what happens. And yes, I do think there's always a way. Many years ago, a basketball coach shared something with me, and I still have this on my refrigerator. Things turn out best for those who make the best of the way things turn out. Mm. And I do think we just need to take what we get and try to make the best of it. It is what it is. Yeah, I love that. I love your flexibility. And wow, that's just so awesome. Again, what I'm hearing also is that there's this subtle thing just even behind, just in your makeup, you know, in your character, that things are really, you know, things are okay. Things are good. There's going to be a way to figure things out. And I think that that's really, well, not even think, I don't like to operate on that, but according to the research, individuals who have that kind of perception about reality that life is for me, you know, that things are beneficial, they tend to live longer. You know, there's studies showing how individuals who are more pessimistic and, you know, um, constantly angry and upset, They tend to have higher rates of heart disease and things like that. But this is something that we know, you know, intellectually. You know, if somebody's angry all the time, they're probably going to have high blood pressure and all these things. But the reality is you can actually extend your life and extend your ability to be healthy and happy by your mental state, you know, and that's so impressive about you. So let's take a step back and let's actually talk about this whole marathoning thing. Because personally, I've disclosed this before, I haven't ran a solid mile in like two years. You know, it's just not my cup of tea. But I know that a lot of listeners are into 
uh, distance running. So I wanted to bring on somebody also that can give some wisdom as far as that goes. But so how did you actually go from this idea to actually deciding, okay, I'm going to run a marathon in all 50 states. How did that actually happen? Well, it did happen slowly, very slowly. (laughs) When I was inspired by the movie and decided, oh, I'm going to start running because I've always enjoyed running, I started out running around my apartment building. And then after a while, I was running around two buildings, three buildings, then the circumference of my complex. And then I got out on the street and, you know, my circle kept getting wider and wider. And as I mentioned, I was teaching full time, a single parent and in graduate school. So this was the only time I was ever alone. So I also looked at it as my mental health time. And I was very fortunate to have neighbors who would offer to babysit And I really enjoyed that time by myself because I could think about things. And the more I ran, the more I realized that that's when I really felt alive and complete and whole. And I know part of that is, you know, we get exercising and those endorphins kick in. But it's just something that completes me. Mm, Wow. So I, you know, ran on and started entering a few races. And I felt that, you know, if I can run this three miles or five miles or a 10K, it was empowering because I felt if I can do that, I can do whatever is required of me in life as a mother, as a teacher, as a student. Mm. So it was just an empowering feeling. And I think that comes not just with running, but any kind of exercise that somebody enjoys. Powerful. So you were telling me uh, the story. Mm -hmm. I think you were sitting around, maybe you were having lunch with some people or you were having a meal and you kind of had this epiphany of doing the 50 states. So tell us about that. Well, I'm going to back you up a little further. And the year that I turned 49, Mm -hmm. I was invited to go on a walk with some older runners that I knew. They're 10, 12, 15 years older than I was. And as we walked on New Year's Day, they talked about walking marathons And all of a sudden that day it hit me. Oh my gosh, you said (laughs) 19 years ago that someday you would run a marathon, Ray. So I decided this better be the year I'm not getting any younger. Mm. So on that New Year's Day, I set the goal that I would run the St. Louis Marathon that year, which was then in October. So I trained and trained and You know, the marathon approached, and the week before, my father died, and I felt very drained going into the race, but I still had all the support of my family and friends, and they encouraged me to go ahead and do it, which I did, and felt that I could do better. So they then encouraged me, well, then do another one, which I did in Las Vegas, several months later, four days before my 50th birthday. 
So 16 people went to Las Vegas, my mother and some of her friends, my son and some of his friends, and some of my friends. And the deal was, do whatever you want, but everybody has to be at the finish line. And when I finished that race, I realized that I had qualified for the Boston Marathon. So my third marathon was Boston. Mm, Wow. Well, anybody that knows anything about running the Boston Marathon, an everyday old lady or an everyday anything feels like a rock star because there's so many people there cheering you on. So many people who had limitations, which they looked upon as challenges. I mean, I saw one man pushing himself up a hill in a wheelchair backwards. He was Mm. just using like the toes of his feet. And then another man with the wooden crutches with one leg and hobbling along like that. And I looked at both of them, burst into tears and thought, you're not doing anything compared to these people. They have true limitations, but they're looking at them as challenges. And that was just inspiring to me. Well, after running the Boston Marathon the first time, I was hooked. And so I continued to run marathons whenever I could. And then one day I was visiting some friends. It was after a race and we were sitting at the restaurant table and my friend's husband said, how many of these do you think you've done? And I said, well, I don't know. Let's see. He grabbed a napkin and a pen and I started naming them and he started writing and he said, well, you've done 30 something. And when he said that out loud, I felt, oh, I know there's a 50 states club. Mm. Maybe I could run one in every state. Mm. And so I kind of set the 50 state goal that day at that table, though I didn't join the club till I reached 40 states because I wanted to make sure I could finish the goal. (laughs) Right. Oh, well, you did it and you did it with grace. And this is where I saw your picture up around our school and just seeing that amazing accomplishment. I mean, that's huge. And I've just got to acknowledge you and give you so much credit and honor you for, I mean, you started this process around the age of 50. And this is really speaking to the fact that it's never too late. You know, it's never too late to start. It's never too late to do something that we're passionate about. It's never too late. And also bringing up the fact of, um, you know, seeing these individuals with what would be considered more harsh conditions that they're living under. And it's really about our perspective, you know, and for people's perspective, hearing you, it's like, what excuse can you have? You know, what is your excuse now? Because this amazing woman, I mean, you can run laps around me all day, you know, (laughs) but also, you know, it's shifting our perspective to see what's possible and to understand that, you know, you're, and you said it, and I'm just going to repeat what you said, but you know, you're just a regular woman, you know, you're an average woman with exceptional discipline, with exceptional character. And that's really inspiring to so many people. And at this point, so you blew through the 50 states, 50 marathons of 50 states. Now you're working on doing your 100th marathon. So tell us about this. Well, even when I finished the 50 states, I never would have thought that 
this would be something I would be achieving. When I finished that, somebody did a little article on me and asked what the next goal was. And I hadn't really thought about it, but on the spot, I kind of threw out, well, 75 marathons by the time I'm 75. Mm. And at that point, I was just running marathons anywhere I chose. I wasn't you know, locked into going to certain states to complete something. So I was just having fun with it, visiting old friends, you know, going places that I'd never been and running a race there. So I actually achieved that 75 mark pretty quickly. And after I did that, I thought, well, let's shoot for 100. Mm, Wow. You know, let's just see what happens. The other day I was running with a young man and he asked me what my next goal would be. And I said, well, I've been thinking about this. I know one goal I would like to go for is to run a marathon with all three generations, with my son and with one of my grandchildren. And he said, well, you're going to be almost 80 by the time you know, your grandchildren can run a marathon. And I said, yeah, that's true, but I'm going to be almost 80 anyway. So I might as well have some goals in front of me, something to aspire to and work toward. Yeah. I love that. Because like you just said, it's going to happen anyways. So why not? I love that. I want to backpedal as well and talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about goals because you've brought this up several times now and how important they are. So- it seems like every time that you hit a goal, you've already focused on the next thing. And now incorporating, you know, your family and that kind of vision, that is so powerful. So let's talk a little bit about goals. So how do you go about your goal setting? Is there something that you maybe do once a year? Is there something that you do as you pass other goals? How do you go about having goals for your own progress? I think many people do that with New Year's resolutions, and we know what happens with those. (laughs) Though I do always think about what am I going to do in the upcoming year, you know, at New Year's time. But no, there's no real set time when I decide I'm going to set a goal. But I do think it's just essential to physical, mental, and spiritual well-being to have something out in front of you and working toward. I think I mentioned this before. I don't know why people get up if they don't have a goal. I don't know how they get up. I mean, you said that sometimes they're pulled by a job or responsibilities. Well, I am of the age where many of my friends are retired and they talk about, you know, just staying at home and doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And... That does not sound appealing to me at all. I guess I've always been a person who enjoys accomplishing things and showing measured progress. And I guess setting goals does help one go after that measured progress. And even still, you know, doing nothing gets old really fast, you know, because part of the human Mm -hmm. blueprint is like to have some variety in your life as well. And also, of course, having something that you're working on, you're putting energy into. And there's research showing that individuals who retire, their lifespan is shorter than individuals who continue working. 
up until their elderly years, mm-hmm. you know? So because it's like having a purpose is important. And this speaks to what's going on with the way that your mind affects what your genes are doing, you know? And it's just like, when you retire, you're like, you retired, you know, you're really putting a halt on your progress. You know, I'm tired again, I'm retired, right? And so this is giving us a, an outlet or an excuse to do nothing. And we're designed to continuously grow and our brains are continuously growing and evolving. And it really is just having information like what you're sharing and having understanding of our potential, you know? And so that's what I want to get into now. We talked a little bit about this already, but I want to try and pull as many of these tips out of you because I know you've got some more. Um, and because I've seen you teach so many people who are probably even older than you, you know, fitness and fitness classes. So what are some of the tips that you can share with people for them to continue to be healthy and active as they progress in their years? Well, I saw a real need for an exercise class for seniors. So I pushed and pushed to start a class like that. And, you know, I said, just let me teach it for eight weeks. And if it doesn't fly, then I'll just leave you alone about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was able to start the class. About 20 people signed up. And as they came in, they walked over to some folding chairs and started setting them up. Mm. Wow. And I was just appalled. And I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> I said, if you can walk in here, you're going to be standing up to exercise. You're not going to be sitting down to exercise until you're in a wheelchair and you have to be seated. And so as I taught the first class, I thought this better be good because it might be the only class (laughs) I ever teach of this. So when I finished, one of the participants said, you know, I was thinking in order to keep moving, we have to keep moving. So we will be back. Wow. (laughs) And some of those people have been with me for 15 years now. Wow. That is so powerful. And my experience with the older people is that generally speaking now, they will gladly work out and try to perform tasks with someone who's one of their peers Mm -hmm who's in good shape, as opposed to like a perky 18-year-old. Because the perky 18-year-old is going to tell them, you can do this, you can do that. Somebody my age does realize that, yes, by the time you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah, you might have some knee problems or a shoulder problem or whatever, but you can still do something. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a powerful reference point. Again, you're talking about, you know, we get into like potential energy and kinetic energy. We're full of potential energy, but the energy in motion tends to stay in motion. And for that individual to say that's very profound, you know, because the opposite of motion and movement, that's death. You know, life is movement. It's kind of like that snowball effect, you know, and our bodies really require us to move in order to heal itself. It requires us to move in order to not have our muscles atrophy and our organs to atrophy, you know? So I've got to applaud you just for even creating the conditions to where other people can get into that circle because who knows where they'd be without you, you know? That's so powerful. And you brought up the fact, of course, people can get injured, you know, as they get on in age, but 
you've been pretty injury free comparatively from all things. I mean, just I can't even fathom how many miles you've put in. So how do you stay so injury proof and so physically fit? So share a little bit. Well, yes, I have been very blessed being pretty injury free. And I think a big part of that is that I teach many different things. And while we want people to get involved and do things that they enjoy doing, you know, stretch yourself a little bit and try something new. I teach several different aerobics classes. I teach a stretch class. I teach water exercise. And I teach spinning. So all of these things kind of force me to use different muscles or use the muscles in different ways. And that cross-training has kept me injury-free. But I do feel a calling. You know, I have been so blessed. I want to help others achieve the best that they can be. And so, all right, somebody comes to one class. Well, let's, you know prod them on a little bit and let's get them to, you know, if they're trying a water exercise class after they grow stronger at that, then, you know, come on, let's try one of the aerobics classes. Mm, I love it. Or, you know, you loved riding a bike when you were a child. You're not going to fall off of this bike because it's stationary. Right. Eliminate the fear. Make it easy to approach. Make it approachable. I love that. So, wow, there's so many just amazing nuggets of wisdom that you have. And for me, I want to actually ask you a question that I like to ask my guests because you brought up that this is something you feel called to do. So let's elaborate on that. So what would you say your model is? What, what would you say the example is that you're here to set with the way that you're living your life? I think being positive, I feel like I'm a positive model. I look for the best In most situations, I feel that I've been so blessed with the fact that I have been injury-free and I get to do what I absolutely love doing. And so I want other people to experience that. Maybe they're not going to love exercise or running as much as I do, but I really want to show them the benefits of it. I love it. Ray, thank you so much. Just to recap a couple of things, really valuable and important that you said is that we must have goals. Like if you don't have a goal, I don't see how you even getting out of bed in the morning. Like is the mattress, does you have like an ejection button and it's like pushing you out of the bed rather than you getting up and feeling compelled to go and accomplish something today. So you've got to set goals for yourself. And even if you're somebody who's fit right now and you're healthy, Set yourself a goal of being able to maybe compete in something or to accomplish something, maybe a lifting goal, maybe uh, some type of a race of some sort, or just even, you know, uh, being an inspiration for your kids. You know, there's so many different things that you can put out there, but it has to speak to you. And also a huge takeaway is cross-training. So what tends to happen with the human body is like we can get stuck in patterns because our brain is always looking for patterns. So if you're just a runner... That's where we see a lot of like overuse injuries. But if you're using your body in different ways, you're keeping your body more flexible, you know, more malleable, more changeable, and easier to adjust to those small things that you might come in contact with putting in a lot of miles out there. And also, I think it'd be better if you talked a little bit more about it before we wrap up here. But what was one of the other big takeaways you want the audience to walk away with? 
Well, I know we're talking about longevity, which makes us think of older people. But going back to when I first started running, you know, there was only so much time in a day Mm -hmm. and you have to work smarter, maybe not harder. Yes. And my son did ride his bicycle Mm -hmm. while I ran miles. We did our chores at home and made it into a game. And so I think what I'd like younger people to realize is to work smarter, not harder. You know, just because you have children and family obligations doesn't mean you can't do sports or exercise. You know, you just have to change things a little bit and incorporate it into your daily life. And so here you're playing things with your children out in the yard or making it a game or a race, you know, to clean the floor, dust the tables. But I think that's something that younger people think, oh, well, I have to put this all aside for now. I can't work out. And they can't. You just have to be a little bit creative. Mm. So on that note, Ray, again, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And thank you so much for just sharing your wisdom. And can you let everybody know that you've got the 100th marathon coming up? Can you let everybody know where it's going to be, when it's going to be, just in case maybe there's some people out there that might want to join you for this race? I would love to have more people join me with the race. I'm doing number 100 right here in St. Louis, same place I ran my very first one. And I will be running the Go St. Louis Marathon on Sunday, April 12th at 7 a.m. One of my running friends got the idea that I should try to get 100 people to run with me. And while I do have about 100, I'd love to have more. So come on out Sunday, April 12th and run with me. Awesome. Ray, thank you so much. And we'll put all the information for that in the show notes. And again, I just want to acknowledge you and thank you for being inspiration because I truly do feel if you didn't make that decision, you know, all those decades ago to get out there and start running, to get out there and start stretching yourself and to really drive yourself to do something great. A lot of people would not be in the health and happiness that they are in right now because of you. You know, like you said, I've been there at UMSL for, you know, over a decade myself and I see the same people coming in to see you and they're getting it, you know, they're getting it in and there's no stopping in sight. You know, they're healthy and they're happy because of you and because of the model that you are. So I just want to thank you. Well, you know, if we say I can't or I'm not going to do that, then we know what the outcome is. If we say I can or I'll try, the sky's the limit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. You know, the biggest takeaway for me is to start now. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you've been through. You can change. You can put something into action for yourself and you can start to live the life that you truly want to live. You know, it's up to you. You just got to make the decision. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Model Health Show. I hope you have an amazing day. Take care, and I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to theshawnstevensonmodel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. 
and take care everybody promise to keep giving you more powerful empowering great content to help transform your life thanks for tuning in thanks for listening